0: Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you for joining us as we take a look at the book. I have in my hand a five-part audio series on CD entitled The Babylon Factor. How does Iraq and what is going on in that region of the world, play into the end-time prophecy that is found in God's holy word. Well, that's what we deal with in this particular series, a five-part, five-hour series on CD. It's an audio series entitled The Babylon Factor. This time, we're going to look at Ishmael's true legacy. You might remember Abraham and Hagar, the Egyptian handmaiden for Sarah, had a son. His name was Ishmael. What did he do? Well, he established one nation. He did not father all of the Arab world. We'll get into that in just a moment as we take a look at the book. This is a must-listen for you. The Babylon Factor will explain why the United States military might is in Babylon, or that's the biblical name for modern-day Iraq today. So let's take a moment now and listen to Ishmael's true legacy. Go back, if you will, with me to the 16th chapter of the book of Genesis. That's first where we read about Ishmael. Let's study just a few moments about Ishmael, if you will, with me. 16th chapter of the book of Genesis. In the 16th chapter of Genesis, now, verse 1, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bear him no children. And she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. Now, by the way, that should show you something right there in the first verse. If you think, and if it has been propagated by many Bible teachers and others of the world, that Ishmael is the father of the Arab world, there is one Arab nation in particular, in fact, the most populated Arab nation in all the world, 68 million in total number, Egypt was not fathered by Ishmael. Hagar, the Egyptian handmaiden. It's pretty tough for the child of Hagar to father the people which she comes from, isn't it? So Hagar, the Egyptian handmaiden, was not fathered by her son. Does that come across? I mean, that that starts to give us a clue that at least all of the Egyptian world was not fathered by Ishmael. And the story goes that Sarai can't have any children, so she has a handmaiden, Hagar. She offers Hagar to Abram, and she says, Abraham, would you please take my handmaiden? You can impregnate her. We'll have uh, 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 your lineage. Uh, Maybe this will be the way we get the son of promise. And they go through that act. And then Jesus Christ shows up. Chapter 16, verse 7. And the angel of the Lord. Now that is a term defining the pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Because this person is going to talk face to face with Hagar. Again, I don't have the time to study angels. There is a study in the back there if you're interested. But just take me, I'm taking a shortcut, please forgive me. The angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to shear. This was Jesus Christ confronting Hagar, verse 10. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and thou shalt bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath already heard thine affliction. Here's the character of Hagar, verse 12. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. The attributes are characteristics of Hagar, a wild man who will bring his hand against every man, and every man's hand will be against him, and he shall dwell among his brethren. Ishmael, the son of Abraham and Hagar, the Egyptian handmaiden, And the angel of the Lord said, I will multiply thy seed. Now, just in case you don't agree with me that Ishmael did not father the Arab world, we'll come back to chapter 16, but go back to chapter 10 just a moment. I told you there's all kinds of exciting things that you can study in genealogies. Chapter 10, let me just read with you, starting in verse 6. We touch base with it. It began yesterday, but look at here again, verse 6. And the sons of Ham... Cush, that's the Hebrew word for what we know today as Ethiopia, Sudan, and Somalia, all Arab countries. And Mizram, that is the the Hebrew word for Egypt. And Put, that's the Hebrew word for Libya. And go down then to verse 8. And Cush begot Nimrod, verse 10. And he began his kingdom in the land of Shinar. That's modern-day Iraq. Now, there's a biblical principle. Actually, it's a principle of hermeneutics, which says, in biblical geography, whoever the author is talking about at the time he writes the book, that's who it is dealing with. Do you understand that? Moses writes this book. Where was uh, Mizraim? Where was Cush? Where was Put? Where did Nimrod go in the plains of Shinar? That's the peoples he's talking about and those lands. Not where they ultimately moved. We'll look at Ezekiel. He gives a list of nations that come against Israel in the last days. Where are those nations? They're the nations of peoples that were there when Ezekiel wrote the book. You have to apply and make absolute that hermeneutical principle. Why? Because otherwise these people moved to different locations. In fact, then all of the prophecy would be fulfilled in the United States. This is the most cosmopolitan nation in the world. Peoples from all over the world have come together here to build this nation. And so that hermeneutical principle needs to be applied. Now, see who I've just talked about? Mizram, Egypt. Put, Libya. Kush, Sudan, Ethiopia, Somalia. Oh. Huh. Nimrod goes to. What is Iraq? You see the Arab nations I'm bringing in that uh, are 500 years before Abraham ever comes on the scene? And before Ishmael, 560 years? I'm sick and tired of you people listening to these prophecy teachers on national television. I'm going to name them right now. These people who were telling us that all these Arab peoples are under Father Abraham because he fathered Ishmael, Ishmael fathered the Arabs. I'm going to name those turkeys right now. Peter Jennings of ABC. Tom Brokaw of NBC. Dan Rather of CBS. That's what you're listening to. You're not studying the word of God. It's simple. I just read it. I'm no genius. I just read the book. And there they are. 500 years. Oh, I could go on. Where did Jordan come from? Well, Jordan... You remember the top two-thirds, Jordan is biblically divided into three parts, Ammon, Moab, and Edom. The upper part, Ammon, middle part, Moab, lower part, Edom. Who are Ammon and Moab? They were the sons, a result of an incestuous relationship between Lot and his two daughters after their mother turned to a pillar of salt when she looked back. Thus, Ammon, Moab. Who was Edom? Edom was Esau who in the 36th chapter of the book of Genesis was sent to live in Mount Seir. Mount Seir is a mountain range that includes the location called Petra today. And so, another Arab world. Well, only Edom was from Father Abraham. You see what I'm saying? The Arab world didn't come from Ishmael. His legacy is not the Arab world. In fact, let's go back to chapter 16 And we'll look again, and let's see if we can trace just a moment what he did bring into existence. This is important because this is going to be an absolute example of the Babylonian form set in place. One world religion and one world government. Chapter 16, verse 12, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he who shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. Go to chapter 17 and verse 20. And as for Ishmael, again, Jesus Christ continuing to talk to Hagar, his mother. Chapter 17. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. And I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget. And I will make him a great nation. Did you notice what that just said? Listen to me. I will make him a great nation. (laughs) Did I articulate that effectively enough? One nation. I will make him a great nation. He will have 12 princes, 12 sons. I will make him a great nation. No place in the book does it say he's going to make him nations. This is Jesus speaking go to the 25th chapter of the book of Genesis. 25th chapter of Genesis is a pack full of information. Sometime on your own, study the 25th chapter. It talks about all the descendants of Abraham. Keturah, his second wife, Sarah, his handmaiden, uh, Hagar. 25th chapter of Genesis. Let's start in verse 12. 25th chapter of Genesis, verse 12. Now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, who Hagar, the Egyptian Sarah's handmaiden, bear unto Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their generations, the firstborn of Ishmael, and list the 12 sons of Ishmael. Verse 16, these are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their towns and by their castles, 12 princes according to their nations. Oh, there's nations, <laughs> plural. You've been listening to the third of a five-part series on The Babylon Factor. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that is available for you to be able to study exactly how Iraq and what's going on militarily in that region of the world plays into the end-time scenario that is found in Bible prophecy. If you have a friend, a loved one, or an acquaintance that may be serving in Iraq you need to get a copy of this CD so you come to a biblical understanding of why the United States is participating in this particular venture. I would like you to pass this along to friends who do have a connection with someone in that war-torn country. The Babylon Factor, that's the name of the five-hour audio series. It's The Babylon Factor, and it's available if you call our toll-free number or go to our website, you can purchase your own copy of this series. The phone number to call, it's a toll-free number, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and go to our shopping mall, and there you'll be able to see how you can get your own copy of The Babylon Factor. By the way, everything that we study in this series, The Babylon Factor, will help you understand where we are in God's time. And it will give you the evidence needed to understand the rapture, the next main event in God's calendar of activities where he calls all Christians to be with him forever. The rapture could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's basically nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...